a few little things to note. This week, I sound like I'm in a toilet doing the interview, and I'm not. I just forgot to plug in the mic. Friends, forgive a girl. Hopefully it won't happen again. And the clanking. Well, that was my guest sweater. And my editing skills aren't that sharp just yet. I hope you find that the interview is worth it. Now let's get this episode started. Welcome to A Life Shared, where we talk with everyday people who empower, equip, and encourage others right where they are. I'm Ellen Martin. Glad you've joined us. Realtors help us find our home. They also live sale to sale. Today's guest was empowered by her Realtor to become a Realtor. Today, she equips and encourages her clients, whether it's selling or buying their home. As she says, it's not about a transaction, but the relationship. Paige, welcome to A Life Shared. Thank you for having me. Got you on the show today, Paige, because you are a realtor. I couldn't think of anybody who really equips people to do one of the most exciting and scary things imaginable um, other than buying or selling a house. How did you become a realtor? So I took my real estate classes when I was on maternity leave with my oldest child. Chris and I had been talking about it and we just knew we wanted to own our own business in some capacity. And when looking into different options, real estate seemed like it would be a really good fit. Um, so I did online real estate classes and then I put my license in escrow and then we really felt called to move from Lexington and get a little bit of land. So we found a realtor and I'll never forget. I was standing in the driveway at our old house and he knew that I had my license, but you know, he was more than happy to help me. (laughs) Um, because I knew more than the average bear because I knew a little bit more about the legal aspects of it, but I had just never actively been in real estate at that point. So I'll never forget standing in Mm -hmm. the driveway, negotiating with Brandon or talking with him about it. And he just said, you were made for this. Like you need to take your license out of escrow. Hmm. And at that point I was very pregnant with our second child. And within a year, I was my my license was active. He just encouraged me. It's interesting. I had another guest on who their work was shaped by a comment from someone else. And you said that a realtor you worked with, Brandon, said you were made for mm-hmm. this. Yeah. What was it like to have someone say that about a career that you really kind of had shelved for a moment? I mean, how did that how did that impact you? Well, I mean, obviously you're a realtor now, but right. It's very life giving to have, to hear someone else Mm -hmm. say, you should do this. You are capable of doing this. Um, love how you said I shelved it. I was a little intimidated to get into real estate because there's no safety net with it. Um, a lot of people think, Oh, your broker is going to help you. No. Like if I'm not selling houses, my bills aren't being paid. Um, I don't get a salary. Mm -hmm. I'm strictly commission. So I was nervous to go from that, you know, 40 hour work week where I knew my bills were met. I had one child, another one on the way, health insurance, little things like that. Um, But to hear him, it was very empowering. Um, I'm definitely a words of affirmation person. 
So there have been plenty of times Mm -hmm. in the last five years where I've had to go back to that driveway conversation. And he was like, you were made for this. Mm -hmm. And God uses different people at different points in time. And sometimes he uses the people who don't know us the best to give us that nudge. So, you know, you've used some of my favorite words that I've shared. It's all about empower, equip, and encourage. And someone empowered you. And then you, in turn, Mm -hmm. you equip people to, like you said, walk through one of the most stressful things that you can do. Um, And then it sounds like you also offer a lot of empathy and encouragement (laughs) through your own experiences with home ownership. (laughs) Can you tell us another story about that? Sure. Well, I tell everyone from the start, if we don't laugh our way through this, we will cry. Laugh with me. Um, It's just so much more enjoyable when we laugh our way through it. And I think that it's, um, that's one of the ways that I really try to comfort people um, and encourage them through the process. I think it's very natural when you're making such a big purchase or making such a big life change because whether you're moving down the street or across the country, it's change. There's a lot involved. There are a lot of emotions involved. So I think it's, um, it's always important to have that person who's in your corner. It's that sounding board. You know, you have the buffer, you have the person who has done this a hundred times compared to you are going through this for the first or second or third time. Even clients who have moved three or four times forget like, Oh, I forgot that we have to do this step of the process. And that's, I mean, my job is to make your life easier. My job is also to get the seller the most money. Mm -hmm. If I work for the seller, it's to get the buyer the best deal possible Mm -hmm. if I work for the buyer. So I showed a first sale by owner yesterday with, I went with my clients because they had found it. And I was messaging him and I was like, oh, did you all receive any offers? And he was like, yep, we got a, we got exactly what we wanted. So if you want to put in a backup offer, that's fine. And I'm thinking, had I listed that home, I could have gotten them so much more money as a, as a listing mm. agent and just eliminated so much of their workload because that's my job. My, my job is mm. to make it as seamless as possible. Um, anticipate problems and find solutions. I love it. Who knew that life coaches and realtors had so much in common? Anticipate <laughs> problems and find and, solutions. <laughs> I, like, I do a lot of problem solving and troubleshooting. I feel like we should have a psychology degree to be in real estate because oh. there is so much psychology to it. Well, my husband's a contractor, as I think you know, and as he says so often, it's it's sometimes just the optics of things, how they're looking, even in the process of how that can impact people. And he tells people, especially the larger a remodel is, it's like having a baby. You're going to be so excited for a while, and then you're just going to want me out of your house. (laughs) Like, (laughs) There's going to reach a time where you're going to be done with this process. I know, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I tell all of my clients, like when we write a contract, um, we have the closing date on there. So I use a baby delivery Mm -hmm. analogy in that. And I'm like, okay, so this contract date is just like a baby's due date. Some come early, some come right on Mm -hmm. time, and some come late. 
it's just part of the process. Mm -hmm. There's not, you know, I can't predict which one will happen, but as long as at the end of the day, you get keys to the house that you're happy with, that's what matters. So it's, I love it. That's a perfect illustration of how it really works. A lot of people, you know, especially if they're going to list a house, like when we listed the first home that we bought together, um, my husband being a contractor, he just saw all the things that needed to be done. Mm -hmm. He didn't see all the great things we had done. He saw all the things that he thought we had to get done before we could even list it. And, you know, living in a day of social media and reality TV, that doesn't um, do justice to the reality of home remodels. Right. Um, It causes people to think about what homes are supposed to be very differently. And I can remember saying, why don't we just call the realtor we're going to work with? And at that time you weren't even practicing. It's like, let's just call and let's see what that person says. And uh, I think he had gave us like two or three things to do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my husband was like, no, we've got, and he was like, no, really, it's going to be okay. Do these things and all will be well in the world. And our house was listed in less, it was like done in less than a month under contract. And we were in a spree for packing. What would you say to people who are listening, who are like, okay, it's a realtor. I'm listening in. I need to sell my house. What would be your top two, three tips for them um, to ease their stress? The first thing is always declutter, clean you would be amazed at mm-hmm. at what people can't look past just because the house isn't clean. So it doesn't have to be spotless by any means, but do a deep clean, declutter. If you have crazy wall colors, go ahead and neutralize the pink color. Revere Pewter from Sherwin-Williams. It's my favorite. Um, landscaping, just make, making sure that it looks good from the front. Um, because people have that first impression while their agent is opening the lockbox. So they're looking around Mm -hmm. while they stand there at the front porch. So, yeah, no, the, the front door impression. Oh my gosh. It haunts me because we were builder buyer. And you say when you make big changes, we won't do blank until blank, you know, and we said we will not move in until everything's done. And then we learned as we were building what, how that really works and how that works is you make a draw and all you do is pay interest on your draw until Mm -hmm. you're done building and have it into an actual mortgage. So we never did exterior landscaping. And seven years later, we've never did exterior landscaping (laughs) because life happened. You know, we moved in with a two month old and my father got sick with lung cancer and passed away and, you know, life happens. And, but gosh, I think of that curbside and I think, oh, if we had to sell tomorrow, the first thing we would have to do is some kind of exterior landscaping. It would be a true necessity. It's amazing. Like how much a little sprucing up out front does. You have mentioned a couple of different times that the work that you do is a service, that Mm -hmm. it's you serving others. And I loved how you said um, with your clients, you know, laugh with me. And I love the illustration about closing day, that it's like a due date. It's going to be before, on, or after, and you won't know until it comes to pass. 
What would you say in the time that you have been serving clients with buying and selling homes that maybe a favorite memory is for you of when you really knew that you weren't just helping someone buy or sell a house, but you were really helping them live the life they wanted to live in the setting that they had found or were discovering? I have several times that I've really had moments of pause where I just knew that I was doing what I was meant to do and knew I was making a huge difference in people's lives because I had one client, it was a very stressful process for them. Um, it was a new construction. It took almost twice as long as it was supposed to. And their house was on the market during that process. And even after they moved out, we were in the middle of a conversation and I said something about their home and she was like, you called it home. And it was like, that's when it dawned on her in this conversation that we were having where she was very upset. Like she was like, I have a home. Like, why am I so upset and frustrated with these, this minor detail? I have a home that I'm going home to. And then Mm -hmm. another situation that I just kind of take a moment and pause at the awe of what I get to help people do. I was showing friends of mine. Um, I sold their home last year. They've been looking for a farm ever since. Um, they've moved into a travel trailer for the time being because they knew, you know, God was just preparing the next place for them. So they had some steps that they needed to take and Today, we were sitting on top of this hill on this farm that they've put a contract on, and they were picking out where they would build their home. And it was just a moment of just joy that I had because this, it is a huge thing. And I don't take it lightly when people invite me to walk with them as they go through this process. It is a lot. It's it's a huge financial commitment. It takes a lot of time. Sometimes very seldom do you show a client one or two homes before they make an offer and then it works out. Um, we right now, our market's so challenging. You may be one of 15 offers on a property. Um, so to have that winning offer where everything works out just perfectly for you to get that dream home it's really, it's, it's really special. Um, I I absolutely love what I do. One of the things I think about when I'm working with a client is this is one of their biggest transactions. I don't view it as a transaction. I view it as a relationship, but Mm -hmm. it is a huge change and you have to be confident and comfortable with the person that you're working with. My clients know that I am not going to show up in a suit and high heels every time, that sometimes I'm going to show up in muck boots because I've just been showing a farm, but you need to have confidence and be comfortable with who you're working with. My goal is to still help them reach their goal. So again, if they're not comfortable with, if you're not comfortable with the agent that you're working with, you need to interview a couple others. That would be my advice. And that goes, I tell my clients that too. I'm like, if I'm not the right fit for you, I don't want to work with you. (laughs) So I know that's a little weird, but. (laughs) 
No, no. When you, no, it's not. It's actually rooted in a value and how you see the work that you do. You see your work as a service of being in relationship to help someone accomplish a goal that they have. And, um, I have had people that, um, I haven't necessarily been the best fit with, and that's not a fault that just is. And it's, okay to not be the best fit and to give somebody permission and freedom to find somebody that's a better fit for them. Um, in fact, that's just another way of empowering people. Um, and especially with referrals, equipping them to accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. I think it's an honorable way. It's so much better than I do. Thank you for helping people live a life shared in a way that is, um, is something that happens at the most a handful of times for people. Um, it's something that's awkward and huge and wonderful all at the same time. Um, and you've been a great guest for a life shared because you kind of wrapped it up all three parts empower, equip, and encourage. So thanks so much for being that example. Thank you for having me. I really appreciated it. Being a realtor allows Paige to naturally equip and encourage people day to day through her work. They need to be equipped. They need to know what to do because like she said, even if they've done it three or four times, they haven't done it hundreds of times like a realtor and they need to be encouraged. It's a long, hard process sometimes. And then other times, like when we sold our last house, it was a whirlwind and we needed to be encouraged that the process wasn't going to run us down and leave us dead but that would end and we would land in our home. This interview has left me to thinking about how we can equip and encourage people where we are. Last night I was at swim practice for one of my kids and there was a family there. There was a teenage son who was so strong and capable and competent in so many ways. And, And then there was a moment where even though he's a young teenager, he acted so much like a boy. I just encouraged the mom, he's got this. And I encouraged him, you've got this, you can do it. This is one of those many things that you will do, you'll be successful in. So that in a few more years, when you ask for the car keys, they'll give them to you. Because you've done all these other little things proving your ability to grow and develop skills, their faces kind of lit up because they'd never thought about it like that. What are ways that you can equip someone, no matter how small it looks to be, so that they discover they're capable? Paige mentioned words of affirmation. I'm a words girl. I mean, I do have a podcast. I'm a guest speaker, preacher. I create workshops for congregations. Words are my thing. What would it look like for you to use words to give life to someone? Last night at that same practice, I got to give life to a one-year-old by simply seeing him and saying, hi, and letting him look away and lean into his mama to feel safe until he was ready to look back at me. And then I said, hi again, and he looked away. And then eventually with his eyes and smile and my words, we were talking. He knew he was seen and enjoyed. Who doesn't that encourage? If you're given an opportunity this week 
to encourage someone. Take it. No matter how small or grand it is, because we never know the impact it'll be in that person's life. And that's really the fun of it. It's not about us at all. It's about the gifts we're able to give as we live a life shared. Thanks for joining me, Ellen Martin, for this episode of A Life Shared. I hope in some way you've been empowered, equipped, or encouraged to live a life shared right where you are. Join us next time. You never know who our guest will be. 